0: Um, I want to talk about Palm Sunday. You know, again, it had a real impressionable, uh, I don't know how you said it. I guess it had an impressionable, help me with the word, impressionable. impressionable. Okay, it had an impression on me as a little kid when I'd have that Palm Sunday cross, and they would have actual palm leaves. And uh, it was amazing to me, and again, how it would go from green to, you know, yellow. I was like, this is incredible. It's just You know, so, you know, what that was though is a tremendous seed that was in my life as a little boy um, that I had no idea that I would be preaching to people today. So, thank God, thank you, Lord, for that as well. But I want to talk to you what really was going on on Palm Sunday that we look at over 2,000 years ago with Jesus. I don't want it to be a religious moment for you where you get a little palm cross. But you understand what was historically happening and uh, what, li- what literally happened and what's the prophetic meaning. What does that mean for us today? So let's look at Matthew chapter 21. I want us to look out of the New King James Version, and I want to talk about this. This is, this is fascinating to me. And so I, I, I did, several years ago, I did quite a bit of, of study. Some of you, you may have heard some of this before, but that's why you have four Gospels, so that you get it, you understand it. Uh, others that might be new for you. But look at Matthew 21, verse 1. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Beth-page, a mountain of at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied, and notice the conjunction, and a colt with her. So the word cult there in the Hebrew is the word shamar, C-H-A-M-A-R. You know what it means? This is the one that Jesus wrote on. It literally means uh, hot, red, stubborn, rebellious. So what kind of donkey did Jesus ride on? A hot, stubborn, democratic donkey. No, Jesus. teasing we need him to. But, but here's the point. The point is he rode on a donkey that was hot, rebellious, stubborn. Now, had never been ridden before. How many would you like to get on a horse or a donkey that had never been ridden before? We don't know that in Nebraska because we just have our horses. You say giddy up and they go, moo. So, you know, it's hard for us to understand that here. But this was a rebellious donkey. Now, you say, why is that? Why is that important? Job 11, verse 12, I'll just quote it to you. It says, Man or mankind is born like a wild donkey. Yeah. That's where you get the spirit of the wild donkey from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where people get a wild donkey nature, right. attitude, yeah. right? Stubbornness, kicking. So Jesus chose that little shamar, Hebrew definition of that little donkey chose that donkey to ride in on because he was showing that his lordship must be over your stubborn nature that would resist him and refuse to serve him. So you understand. So now they're riding in, and he says, Loose that, those donkeys and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you say, The Lord has need of them. Amen. Now, that doesn't work with the gas pump. You just put it in. You get gas. Fill up your car. Say, bye. The Lord has need of this. Right? That doesn't work. This was to fulfill this. And immediately he will send them. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold. Your king, your king. Now, now, here's what you have to understand. Notice the progression. Jesus says in verse three, "Say the Lord has needed them." Now he's calling himself the king. The <laughs> Palm Sunday is about who is Jesus. It is. I'm going to prove it to you. Who is Jesus to you? Well, he's my Lord, but he's also my king. Notice what he says. Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, sitting on a donkey, a colt. The full of a donkey. That's the young one, the stubborn, hot, rebellious one. Now, why did Jesus choose a donkey? you ever thought about that? I'm going to show you a couple pictures in just a moment. So Jesus chooses a donkey. He didn't choose a horse. He didn't choose a cow. He didn't choose a camel. He chose a donkey. Well, I just said to you, the one donkey that he chose is to show our human, rebellious, stubborn flesh that needs Jesus to sit on it, Right? That's why when, when you get saved, you let Jesus sit on the rebellious nature of your heart, your life. But why did he specifically ride it on a donkey? I want you to look at Exodus 13, verses uh, 13 through 14, because it's important you understand there were two, there were two um, things that were redeemable by a blood of a lamb. So there were two things that when you would shed the lamb's blood for, they would be redeemed, okay? The lamb's, little lamb's blood would pay for it, okay? And you had to apply the blood upon these two things. One was humans, right? You had to apply the blood actually on the doorposts or what what involved human or mankind. So mankind was redeemed by the blood of the lamb. That's why Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, of mankind. But there was another thing that was redeemed by blood, and it was called a donkey. Exodus 13, verse uh, 13 says, And every firstling of a donkey shall you redeem with a lamb. So notice a donkey could be redeemed. In other words, why only a donkey? Because God's showing you that only the Lamb of God, only Jesus, and serving Jesus His blood is the only thing that can redeem you from your donkey, rebellious, stubborn, hot lifestyle and temperament. It's the only thing, the lamb. But the second thing, if you, thou will not redeem it. So if you're not going to redeem the donkey, then you shall break his neck. So if they owned a donkey at the time of the Passover, they had to redeem it with, with the blood of the lamb. Of a lamb, or they'd have to break its neck, and all the firstborn of a man among the children shall you also redeem. So, mankind was the other one. Again, stubborn, rebellious nature like that donkey. Now, look here is another reason. Why did Jesus ride in on a donkey? And why was it that a donkey was the only thing, only animal outside of a human mankind was redeemed by a blood of a lamb? Okay, show the pictures of a donkey. I don't know if you know this. Okay, look at the back of a donkey. Look at the back of a donkey. What do you notice on the back of the donkey? You see a cross. Okay, note. put the next one up. Notice the the donkey. Look at that. So when Jesus rode in on the back of a redeemed donkey, he's the Lamb of God sitting upon the donkey. Are you here? And notice it's a cross because he's showing you that only through the cross... When that lamb's blood is shed, will your rebellious, stubborn, hot nature be redeemed? That's why I rode on a donkey. Now let's go on. So then, as you're going on, the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and they brought the donkey and the colt, and they laid their clothes on him, and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Now, this is important a great multitude spread their clothes, and they were singing. And, and this is something that they did every year. They did it for 1,500 years before uh, Jesus was riding in on this donkey. So for 1,500 years, Psalm 118, verse 26, this is what they said for 1,500 years. Are you ready? Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Psalm 118, verse 26 Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So notice that's what they were saying for 1,500 years. And once again, just like all the other years prior, they're saying, Hosanna. Hosanna, on Palm Sunday, they would say this. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Why would they do this for 1,500 years? Keep saying year after year, Hosanna, and spread their clothes out, their palm branches out, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Why 1,500 years and this year? They were prophesying. Now, why were they using palm uh, branches? Why do they call it Palm Sunday? All right. Look at John 12, verse 13. Notice what they did. And they took on Palm Sunday palm branch trees or palm branches and went forth to meet Jesus. And they cried, Hosanna, blessed is he, the king of Israel that comes in the name of the Lord. Now, they were doing that for 1,500 years. This Palm Sunday was no different. So now they're laying palm palm branches down. Why palm branches? All right, let's look at Lamentations 3, verse 41, because it's connected to worship. But it's not just connected to worship, it's connected to who you worship. So for 1,500 years, they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they don't even have any idea who it is fully that they're worshiping or about to worship including this particular uh, Palm Sunday. So it says, lift up your heart with how? How do you lift up your heart? So when I tell you to lift up your hands, what am I actually telling you to do? Lift up your hand, your heart. You lift up, let us lift up our heart. How? By our hands, our palms, (laughs) okay? Unto God in the heavens. So, If you are one of those, I just don't believe in lifting my hands, then you're just saying you don't lift your heart to God. That's why the Bible says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary, the book of Psalms, and bless his holy name. So don't come into church, especially this church, and be one of those uh, palm readers. (laughs) (laughs) When they lifting their hands up for? You're a palm reader. No, you need to be a palm worshiper. You lift up your heart by lifting your hands. Now, I told you heaven's tropical. Revelation 7. I'm sure heaven's a bunch of, a bunch of it all. Verse 9. But there's, there's tropical parts. And this I looked, and a vast host appeared, which no one could count. Wow. Gathered out of every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages. And they stood before the throne. Before Who? The lamb. Now, (laughs) we're going to bring this back to Palm Sunday in just a minute. Okay? Why were they saying for 1,500 years, including that Palm Sunday, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It had to do with the lamb. Because I'm going to show you that every year, 1,500 years, they would have to go get the sacrificial lamb once a year. That would not wipe away their sins, but just atone or cover their sins for the year. Every year for 1,500 years, they had to go and bring a lamb into Jerusalem through the Eastern Gate. Right? How many you follow me? So now in heaven, though, they're before the actual lamb, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, how we love you. Thank you, Jesus. And they were all attired in white robes with palm branches in their hands. That is a heavenly view of Palm Sunday. Before the Lamb, palm branches, literal palm branches in worship. Today, you're not there in Jerusalem. You're right here lifting up your palm branches. And you're waving it before the Lamb of God. And it's connected to worship. Now let's go on. What was really going on? Let's go back to Matthew chapter 21. They sing, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're putting palm branches down. I showed you why. But notice verse 10. This is the question that you have to settle every Palm Sunday or you should settle it and have it known. And that is this. And when he had come into (laughs) Jerusalem... Slow down, Hank. When he had come into Jerusalem... All the city was moved saying, who is this? Now, why were they singing? And then all of a sudden, they're getting ready to open the eastern gate. Can you show the eastern gate for me? So this is the eastern gate in Jerusalem. If you can show both pictures, this is what they say was. So this is the eastern gate. And uh, this is the gate that they say that Jesus came into. And this would be the gate that they would open up every Palm Sunday. But this Palm Sunday was different. It said that Jesus rode in on a donkey, passed through this gate on Palm Sunday in the fulfillment of the Jewish prophecy concerning the Messiah. Okay, put the Eastern Gate back up. So now you've got to understand, Jesus is riding in on a donkey, coming towards that gate. On the other side of the gate, the people are, are ready. They're ready to receive Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Notice, they always show this wrong when they're trying to depict it. They need to go back to the scriptures. They're on the other side of the gate. And, and they're, 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 what's happening is the high priest every year for 1,500 years would go up to Bethlehem. 1,500 years, the high priest would go up to Bethlehem and would choose from Bethlehem a feeding trough, we call it a manger. The spotless lamb that would be chosen to atone for all of Israel's sins. And so the high priest would go to Bethlehem. Where was Jesus born? In a feeding trough. And the high priest would pick out, and it had to be a spotless blameless male lamb there was no guile in jesus spotless blameless god you are all right so then the high priest would go and we grab this man i can hardly say it i just feel god so they would grab this this lamb the high priest would and he would ride back in on a donkey 1500 years he would do this this year, it was no different. The high priest went up to Bethlehem. He was choosing out the uh, sacrificial lamb for that year. He was riding back. The priests were involved on the other side of the gate to gather the people. Like they had been doing for 1,500 years, getting ready to receive the high priest. And they're going, Psalm 18, Hosanna. He's come to save us. Maybe this is the year. Hosanna, the Lord saves America. The Lord saves the earth. Hosanna. Watch this. Blessed is he who comes. That's why they're on the other side of the gate. Who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is this high priest carrying our sacrificial lamb that's going to atone for our sins. This was happening while something else was happening. Two other things were happening. Jesus was riding in as the true high priest, Amen. the true lamb of God, Amen. who would die on a cross and shed his blood, that your sins wouldn't just be covered over, they would be washed away forever and ever and ever. Blessed is he who has come. And so Jesus is writing down as the high priest, he's carrying this you know, this little lamb, I suppose, or I probably not, because he would, we would have been the lamb. There would have been no need to have the lamb. And he's riding in as the lamb of God, as the high priest going towards this eastern gate. <laughs> and they don't know. They don't know that it's Jesus this year. They're expecting the high priest just like they did every year. But this year, go back to Matthew 21, verse 9 and 10. This is why Hosanna, it comes. this is why in verse 10 they ask the question. They swing open these eastern wall gates, expecting to see the high priest carrying the little lamb. And now they open the, 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 the gates up and they see. And when he came to Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? Oops, it's your high priest. Israel, there were many lepers in Israel, but only one was I sent. There were many lepers in Israel, but only one was I sent. In other words, Israel, you rejected me. Luke chapter four is why they wanted to kill him. And now they're saying, who is this? They can't understand that Jesus is filling the high priest's role. He's not carrying a lamb. He is the lamb. And so the multitude said, well, who is this? And they all of a sudden go, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, why is this important? Because at the same time, there was something also going on. And you have to understand, there was in 30 AD, while the high priest was going up and getting the lamb, From Bethlehem, just like they did every year. Can you imagine why they were so mad? By the time the priest comes in, there's already a celebration, and it's for this Jesus. Why do you think they were ticked off royally? The high priest is coming, taking their lamb, and Jesus stole their thunder. He always will steal your thunder. (laughs) That's what I love about Jesus. I'm giving them a high five. Now, here's here's the thing. This is important. So not only is the high priest ticked off, that's why they conspire against Jesus with the Roman uh, government. Because you know what's happening on the other side? That was the eastern wall. On the western wall, history will tell you. Done a lot of research. And I found through the years that there was another procession in 30 AD. And guess who it was? It was Pontius Pilate. He had just been given jurisdiction to come and rule over uh, Jerusalem, and and he was coming in with procession. So here you have the high priest coming down with with the lamb for the annual, um, what's the annual, uh, the annual, come on, Brenda, help me out, Passover ceremony, all that. And, And all of a sudden, Jesus steals the thunder on the east side, multitudes are there, but now the Roman government was so, afraid that something was going on that they dispatched Pontius Pilate said you go into Jerusalem he's riding in on a horse and horses and they're marching on the western side so you have a procession of a guy on a horse and Jesus the true king riding in on a donkey so i asked the lord about this on friday as i was studying i said lord let me just ask you a question Why was, and I I understand the historical side of it, and I understand the literal meaning of what took place in 30 A.D., Pontius Pilate's coming in, Jesus is coming in, stealing the thunder. So I said, God, why was it, though? What's the prophetic meaning? That here you have Jesus coming in as the high priest. He's the Lamb of God. They don't don't know it. That's why they're saying, remember the question? Who is this? And now you got Pontius Pilate coming in. And I said, Jesus, what's the prophetic meaning? And you know what he said to me? You ready? He said, God or government? That's what he said to me. That's what the Holy Spirit said to me. I shot out of my chair. All three of my shepherds jumped up. I'm like, stay down. No attack zone. It's cool. Just chill. I said, Lord, God or government? Some people are choosing government. Government tells you don't go to church. Okay. Government tells you to close down your church. Okay. Government tells you you're not essential. I didn't think we were. And they still haven't opened their church. Government tells you you have to wear a mask. Okay. God over government you say well well wait a minute pastor hank wait a minute pastor hank you should honor those that are in authority look at daniel 9 uh, 6 verse 13 i'm gonna probably show this on Flashpoint. i was studying this uh last night and i said brenda i just saw something i was was reading my bible while she was cooking me some chili from a junk place (laughs) she takes really good care of me i am spoiled rotten if you think that i'm spoiled rotten let me hear you say amen Man, look at how loud that is, Brenda. If you think Brenda's, I'm not going to say that. If you think she's spoiled, let me hear you say "Amen." amen. Yeah, that's good, Brenda. See, they know too. But look at Daniel 6:13. Watch this. So, how many remember the story of Daniel and the lions' den? I may not even get to the anointing of preservation, but that's all right. I don't. Uh, I'm just going to do whatever. You can do whatever. So anyway, huh. all right. Then answered they. And said before the king, that Daniel, that Christian, that Lord of Hosts church, that flesh point, which is of the children of the captivity. No, we ain't. No, we we ain't. We ain't. We ain't. No, we ain't. Of Judah. Judah represents what? The type of the church. Or Praise. So that David who represents us, those that have, we put in captivity, we shut down their churches, we put mass mandates on them, regards not thee, O king, y'all didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brenda's making chili, she actually came over and chillied out with me and looked at that scripture. <laughs> Daniel did not regard the what? Yeah. The fake president. No regard. I don't pray for him as a president. I don't call him president. I don't even acknowledge him as president-elect because he wasn't elected. He stole it. He's a treasonous thief. So Daniel didn't have any regard. So why should I? Now, if he, was, if he was honestly elected, which he wasn't, and he earned it and had God's backing, then I would. So I pray for him. Lord, save his soul. It's not too late. And remove the man. Right? And their whole administration. Amen? So he didn't regard the king or any of their mandates that the king signed. What? So in the end, let me hear you go, woo! So in the end, Daniel was thrown to the lions to be eaten by the newspapers, (laughs) the Internet, and all their garbage articles against you. God eventually shut the lions' mouths and ate other people. (laughs) But Daniel had a preservation Those mouths of those lines were shut up. So who did God defend? The government or the man of God? Interesting. Interesting. All right. Last scripture. My third message. One scripture, Pastor Doug Combs. Psalm 92. I want you to look at Psalm 92. I just want to throw this at you just because I can and I didn't feel like ending quite this early because I don't want you to get used to this service being ended early, right? But I want to show you something. What's, I told you before, what's the importance of the anointing? Uh, with, it destroys you. Oh, good job, you're learning. It doesn't break it. It destroys you. But what, what about the anointing? And remember I talked about connection and covering? So what does the anointing do when you literally connect to Um, God's true foundation. You know, the apostle, prophet, or or whatever. I just want to show this to you as we close here. In Psalm 92, they can come to the piano. You don't have to play yet. In Psalm 92, watch this. For lo, my enemies, for lo, thy enemies, O Lord, thy enemies shall what? So who's going to deal with the enemies? God will. All the workers of iniquity shall be Be scattered, okay? But my strength shall you exalt. That's why people, how much longer are you anointed? When? I'm so weak. You're not spending time with God. You're listening so much to the news that it's wearing you down, and you're not spending time with God. Man, I feel God stronger on me than I did before the election. Because my strength, God is exalting because I'm spending time with him and I'm not weak. I don't feel weak. I don't feel afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not anxious about the future because I've seen it. Listen, watch what they're going to do. Pretty soon, Ukraine and Russia is not going to be a topic. People are going to continue to mysteriously come down with COVID that are leaders and need some time off so that Soros and his gang can continue to manipulate their plan and figure out how we're going to get rid of this guy because they're afraid God's going to get rid of him and the whole administration. So they're going to start making plans on how they can start because they're concerned about midterm elections and they're concerned about 2024. So now they're going to play a little bit. Oh, now all of a sudden there might come a peace treaty soon. And then all of a sudden this is no longer a war. But now we've got a new mandate just in time to get you all scared before the midterms. Don't become weak. Don't become deceived. So, my horn, my strength shall you exalt like the strength of a unicorn. And I shall be anointed with what? Fresh oil. So then, now he's talking about the anointing. Now watch what the anointing does. So when the anointing comes on your eyes, it's going to affect your eyes. You're not going to see doom and gloom. You're going to see the desires of your enemies. In other words, you're going to see them get held. Psalm 91 verse, I think it's 10, where it says, Behold, with my eyes I will see the reward of the wicked. Well, how come with my eyes I'm going to see the reward of the wicked? Well, because news stations are going to get removed and they're going to have to start speaking the truth. They're going to have no choice. And we're going to see that God's the one ultimately that fights. And he is. That's why it's... Year 2022, God's going to shoot off off some uh, 22 rounds. Notice it anoints, it, it affects your eyes and it affects your ears. My ears, I'm going to hear about it on the news. I'm going to hear my desire of the wicked. Yeah, get rid of this wrong treasonous lie. Get rid of these stupid mandates and all these things they're trying to do. I'm going to hear it and I'm going to see it that would rise up against me. Why? Because I'm anointed. Verse 11, or verse 12, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Hello, Palm Sunday. So palm trees, you know, how can they grow out in the middle of a desert? Oh, things are so dry. Inflation is uh, reaching an all-time high. Gas prices are out of this world. Man, I filled up both of my cars yesterday, and I'm like, I came home, Brent, do you have any money left? <laughs> Wiped us completely out. He shall grow like a cedar in, in Lebanon. That's like strong. Okay. Those that, now here's the part I want to tell you about, connection and covering. Those that be planted. Notice it didn't say potted. didn't say those that be potted in the house of the Lord. You know what a potted Christian is versus a planted one? Brenda has potted plants in our house. She has like 2,000 of them. I told you, you know, just to, just to get out my doors with the dogs, I have to do this, you know moving leaves and stuff, Eddie. I hear a prophetic song. I was thinking about this the other day. Let me give you a prophetic song. Are you ready? It goes like this, in the key of Edith and Archie Bunker. Ready? Songs that made the hip parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. You knew who you were then. Guys were guys and girls were girls. <laughs> we didn't need any welfare state. Everybody pulled their weight. Gr. How's it go? Sal rate. And then there was, uh, what's that part about Hoover? We could show you a guy like Trump again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway. Prophetic song came on me in the moment. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Those that be planted, not potted. So, Brittany has potted plants. You know what potted plants are? She, she will take the, what's potted and then she will repot it. Potted, potted Christians are, well, I liked it here for six months, honeymoon period wore off. And, yeah. So, they didn't go to the next church and pot themselves. And then go to the next church and pot themselves. You know what you're doing? You're, you're root damaging yourself because you're not connected to a foundation. Now watch, if you're planted, it means you're putting your roots down. You're putting your family down. It means, man, you know what? I'm going to get married and I'm going to get buried here. I'm going to dedicate my children. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord, they're the ones that shall flourish. Those that connect to a right foundation, even though Jesus is their cornerstone, shall flourish in the courts of our God. Watch what also happens. How many want to live long? Your life will be preserved if you connect to the anointing. This is why it's important that you connect to the right right pastor and the right church. Because it will preserve some things concerning your life. I'm going to prove it to you. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. Whoa, 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 wait. Who shall bring forth fruit? I mean, you're going to live old? We're actually going to see you with gray hair in your 80s and 90s walking around because you're planted in the house of the Lord? That's what it says. Yeah, but what kind of house? The one that's connected to fresh oil. And you will be fat and flourishing. Welcome to planted Christianity. Amen. How many got some out of this? Let's welcome Pastor Doug. Amen.